I watched an episode of The Only Way is Essex. Right, yeah. Yeah, okay. That, that, that in itself could be a story. It's it? shite. <laughs> and what, what... I don't. I won't even go into the... Re- I can't stop watching it. For, really? So you've watched more than one? No, I watched this... bit confessional? No, I watched this one particular episode, but I didn't... It's, it started, I was like, I'm not watching this. Right. I couldn't change the channel quick enough before it had got my attention. And I... I so like compelling you know, viewing, then? No, I like watching things that wind me up, because I'm just constantly complaining. It's shite. But what happens in it, they were in, like, a, a nightclub, and... Um, or a pub or some, something like that. And there were people like dancing around in the background. And it's clearly, although maybe the nightclub, you, they wouldn't be able to have this conversation and you hear it yeah. if there was actual music and people yattering on in the background. So they, the people in the background can't be talking. They can't be... It'd be like an episode of, I think, I could be wrong, EastEnders or something like that, where they can't actually... They've got to pretend that they're talking yeah, in yeah, the background. Yeah, like the extras in the pubs yeah. in or Coronation Street. So how is it then that this programme is allowed to be classed as reality TV? It clearly isn't. It's all set up to cause... It's, it's not... It might not follow a script, but it's structured. Which? If you think, it's a lie. But if you think about it then, does this make them quite good actors? No, it doesn't, because the, the, I think they probably... Uh, have to learn to be oblivious of cameras. Okay, oh, but yeah. they're winning awards. They're getting money yeah. for just being them, for just being them, them, their idiotic selves, thickos. That's what they are. They're absolutely stupid people. I mean, I don't mean just like ah, oh, they're a bit. No, <laughs> they're not educated. They're shit. Right. What we what we dealing with today? What's the story today? Well, uh, today. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think I preferred it when you had your pants off last week. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're uh, looking at Back for Christmas. Okay, the famous Take That song. Almost, yes. Mm, What's what's the difference? I think that might be good for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's that. I I actually know, I was being rhetorical really, because it's Back for Good was the famous... Take that song. Right, right. Want you, I want you back. I want your side. I want you back for good. Now then. I want you back. Don't care what I have to do. I want you back. It's back. The, the uh, bananas. Banana almonds. I mean, they were a bad band, weren't they? Well, you they, see, they, they're silly lyrics. Yeah, but do you remember a program called Drama Rama? No. It was like. Uh, I guess a bit of a Tales of Unexpected, but for kids and no ex- unexpected. It was more like Tales. Like, just <laughs> like, Tales for kids. Like Last Fortnight. Like the Last Fortnight ago. It was... Uh, it was um, I, The one I remember was a kid got up on stage in a magic show and went into a magic disappearing box, didn't come out. That was the drama-rama. Mm, you see, that does ring a bell, but then perhaps it's not sort of such a novel sort of concept. It's not it? a novel concept, but it was for kids. H.R. Puffin Snuff, didn't something like that happen with him, didn't he? What's that? Oh, right. That used to be on a Saturday morning, and uh, I think I think it had got Jack Wilde in it, who was the Artful Dodger. Mm. And I think he fell down a magician's hat oh. into a, into a, another land where H.R. Puffin Snuff flew. Well, that sounds a bit like Jamie and his magic torch as well. 
Yeah, this would be like obviously from the 60s though. This yeah, one. well that wasn't from the 60s. And nor is this. This is bang in the middle of the 80s. Well, right, the beginning of the 80s, to be fair. Okay, it has, we're going to do this episode. We are in right at the start of... We are now 120 uh, bars. <laughs> Hang on. I can't even work out what that is in the minutes. But I reckon we're two minutes into a podcast, which we haven't even said what we're doing. We're doing a podcast which is all about the tales, about the, the tales. Un- unexpected tales of the tales of the unexpected, which was on the TV. There, that you can, there is no doubt. There is no doubt about oh, that. There is no doubt about the title. Well, that there was is what the it, way that we just put it in there. To be honest, yeah, that was. It wasn't that. Yeah. The only doubt is what it could be because it wasn't what we said it was. That's right. It wasn't. But this one definitely has unexpected because the last couple weren't unexpected. Weren't unexpected. The one about Hitler that wasn't unexpected, although it was just yeah, interesting. Was, yeah, more, yeah, biographical. Yeah, biographical. Tales with of the biographical. Yeah, without it's not got the same. Yeah, room it's to it, just. It? It, well, that one was more about. Um, we're going to tell you a bit about somebody, you've got to guess who it is. Yeah. There's no unexpected about it. Yeah, it's a bit like a clever party game, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you um, the the moments leading up to the birth of this famous person. So you and you've got. <laughs> <laughs> this is the COP podcast that we're doing. Right, go. Music. Uh, it's back for Christmas. Back for Christmas. It's back with Roald Dahl's uh, imaginary office room. Yeah, and uh, it's not one of his stories. Not he's, one of his he's stories. He's introducing it. Do you, what's the name of the person who wrote the story? John Collier is the person who uh, Roald gives the uh, main intro yeah. about. And, and he, he, he gives him quite a bit of accolade there as well. He's, told him, told, he's, he's wrote some really nice st- stories, some yeah. short stories. And... You know, one of Roald's typical things, he tells us at length about a story... That has nothing to do with the story that's about to happen. What, <laughs> what he does is he tells us about a story that Robert Block... No. John Collier. John Collier has written about, and then he goes, uh, yeah, but it's not going to be that one, it's going to be another one. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's what happens then. We but, go in, but he does uh, promise us outrage, I've got to it's say. It's outrage. It's, it's, it's an, an outrage! outrage. <laughs> Right. Um, it starts off with a uh, like a house party yeah. in the daytime, uh, middle class and middle aged people. It's hell. <laughs> it's it's awful. <laughs> and there is some. Well, I think it's meant to be contemporary, but it's just funny music. Yeah. Well, as, as you know, I do try sometimes to put a an instrument to it. <laughs> mm. But I, but I couldn't. No, there's no instrument. This is like one of those dance songs that you have in the late two thousands, where um, you'd be. Go- I can't. This is me because the kids seem to love it somehow. But I'd be going. I can't listen to something that I can't name the instrument, and that's and that's where I'm with most of the things. Rihanna, she's one. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I can recognise it's a voice, but the rest of it, I don't know. I haven't got a clue. Okay, bring back guitars. I tell you what's a shocker. Um, I've seen Ed Sheeran, right? And you know how he got his face slashed by um, one of the royals. What? Apparently, they were at a party, and uh, they were larking about, pretending to do knighting and that, and uh, slashed his face up with a sword. When was this? It was uh, last year or something like that, and uh, he was sort of like 
he didn't really want to talk about it or anything, obviously. But you can still see he's got he's got a scar down. He's, I noticed this on Comet Relief. Yeah, well, that he why. had a scar, but he he seems to be regressing in age. He doesn't seem to be as old as he once was. <laughs> Well, perhaps it's good for the skin. I don't mm. know. Okay, well, anyway, did he get knighted in the end? Or was it just no, they were just talking about a party. Mm. Okay. But, uh, it, it's, it's quite a serious one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so, right, get, tell me your link here. What, between that and... And the, uh, what I was just saying. Oh, Rihanna. The, okay. the pop music and that. Right, okay, cool. Uh, There's some funny music. Yeah, that we can't play. We don't know what it is, but... I what I might do is I might play that over the top, like we did with the one from the art guy, the painter guy. Yeah, and why don't we invite people to uh, tell us what uh, it is? But if I, but if I find it, then I won't need them to tell us. Well, it's a game for a minute. It's a bit. Oh, so if I just put it over the top, so it's not to answer our question; it's to answer a question. Well, it answers out the question. We're going to know. Right? Oh, we're going to just know the answer. But so we're like Quizmasters. Like Quizmasters, well, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, there's new angles already. Okay, there's... Do you know what? Considering that nobody's paying us anything for these shows, we're doing bloody good, aren't we? We are, Well, this music is playing, it's a funny one, right, okay. It's, but also, what's odd about the time of this uh, 1980s is the makeup. Yes. So we see, as we're walking through the house party, women are wearing garish makeup. Yeah. It's the only way to describe it, as being garish. And it's like Sheena Easton, isn't it? Sheena Easton, the, the pop star. There, she's got uh, a, um, a jumpsuit on, which was popular in the 80s. Yeah, Annika Rice. My mate Gobi, he had one. Go, 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 yeah, and uh, Dorney, she, she, yeah, she did. I went out with a with a girl who who had one, but um, she she pointed out to me that it's very difficult to go to the toilet in them because you've got to take all the arms out and everything. Sure, you just undo the bum bit. It's not like like all like them things that cowboys have. It's not. Ah, uh, right, arms. okay. You've got to. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that'd be just. So you're going a to bit, take the whole lot a bit off, rubbish. the arms and everything. Yeah, that'd be a bit rubbish. Anyway, um, so well... There's somebody there, and she's got the full blue makeup on. Now, she's chatting with an oldish guy, an older guy, and she's chatting... Well, I weren't listening, right, okay, but I'm guessing it was about... Uh, it was. It felt flirty, but not from her side, certainly. Yeah. From his. Yeah. So... And the, the older guy is the, the main... Is the main... Dr. James Carpenter. So Carpenter's got a wife who is in the background to this flirty behaviour. Yeah. He, she clocks it and she's like, fucking hell. And she just, uh, as she uh, approaches him, the flirty behaviour stops. Sheena Easton walks away and uh, then he says to her, what, uh, he goes, drinks, darling. <laughs> uh, and then circulate this. And I, now, as much as that, Seems like an odd bit of scripting. Yeah. I do like it. Drinks, darling. And then circulate this. And the, wa- the wife, for it is... She's, she's called Hermione. The wife is called Hermione. And is played by Sean Phillips. Mm. Always makes me think of Bodicea, because she used to play Bodicea. Mm-hmm. Now, I think she's 
still a very attractive woman at this stage. But she is definitely aged. Well, you know, uh, I reckon I would. Well, I think there's only one woman who fits into that category of older women you'd sex sex up. Uh, who's that? Lumley. Really? Colin, about... Collins and Lumley together. What about uh, Kylie? She, I don't think she falls in that category yet. Mm. Uh, uh, too, too young. Too young. What, what old is she? <laughs> what old is she? What age is she? She's got to be... 60. <laughs> is she 60? No, she's like 40-something. She can't be 40-something. When I was watching Neighbours and she was in it, she must have been at least 10 years above me. I bet she's 50. Let's do it. Here we go. Get onto Alta Vista and type in... <laughs> Why can I put Kylie Minogue in here? Because we're going to have a look at her age. Well, it'll come up. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, so Vista, are you advertising or what? What, what's that? What's what the kids use, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, she'll be 49 this year. So, told you, yeah. and I'm 40 this year, so she was nine years older than me. Yeah. Now, Carla uh, Minogue isn't at this party, but a lot, <laughs> of, uh, a lot of the hoi polloi are at this party because... The guy, the main guy, is a businessman, and he's got—he's like a bit of a scientist. He's got something to do with orchids. I think he's a doctor. He's a doctor to do with orchids. I don't think he's a doctor to do with orchids. I think he's a doctor to do with transplants, who's got the interest in orchids. <laughs> Told you, I weren't paying much attention to the <laughs> first bit. But he has something to do with orchids. He does. He, right. he collects orchids. He collects them. Okay, now then. They, 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 they do one of these kind of like... Wait there, I'll do it for the... Oh, um, don't, don't you just hate that? Yeah, okay, and there's an old man who's stood... At, I think he must be the boss of the place where they're operating... The, the hospital. The hospital, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the boss of the hospital. <laughs> hospital boss. Hospy boss. Hospy boss. You would, wouldn't you? Or bospital. <laughs> yeah, you would be called bospital. Right, okay, now then. He's, um... This is a great bit, okay, because he's talking about the fact that they're moving to America for a bit. Yeah. To work on some sciencey things, doctory things, doctory things, and he goes whilst. What's his name? What's this carpenter's name? He's called James Carpenter. Right. Okay. James. Yeah. So whilst James is away, then Sebastian's going to be in charge. Okay, and you look over at Sebastian, and he's just—is it like he doesn't fit in? Really, does he? Is he the young one with the yeah. massive tash? Yeah, he's got like a, a bit of a white man's afro haircut. Yeah, yeah. And a tash and stuff. He looks like he looks like he would be in a detective's program. Yeah, a bit like Jason King. Yeah. But the reason I mention him is because later on he's got a, the best line in the whole thing. Right. Which uh, I'm going to mention, so I just wanted to introduce him now. Anyway, the speech just goes on. Now it's time for Richard to say, "Yeah, we're going why do I keep saying Richard? Because Richard's the actor's name. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so now time for James. James. He's going to say, yeah, we're going to go over there. Yeah. I'm just saying what he's just said. And so, really, this is an opportunity for them to say goodbye for a bit. We'll be back for Christmas. Do you notice that they are, in fact, going that day? Yes. So they're having this party, and then when they've cleared off, they're packing the bags and leaving. That's, that is tight, isn't it? Yeah, it's I, tight. I, I wouldn't fancy that. So in order to... Like it was, I think this is a brilliant move to get people out of your house. Is present them with a leaving gift. That is the... I mean, we've got kids, right? Okay, you remember the kids' parties? Yeah. Okay, when you used to do kids' parties, 
the the signal to go was when the party bags got handed out. Yeah. Right. Okay. And and that's what's happening here. He's saying, "Come into me potting shed, which is attached to the house. Come into the potting shed. I want to give you an orchid to look after. Yeah. And I've given you instructions. So either go off. And then as he gives them the orchid, that's pretty much their signal to. Yeah, it's quite a clever idea. It's an amazing move. We ought to get orchids in for when we have people around. Yeah. Or like a chocolate or something. Like a whisper bar. That'd be easy, yeah. one too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, anyway, so he does. So he does that. And um, well, what happens when one of the? Oh yeah, this is the classic line that Sebastian comes out with. He he gets his uh, orchid, yeah. and he goes, "Well, mine's just a twig, <laughs> like this." And um, it is. It's just a bare thing. And he goes, "No, give it. Have a squirt it with this orange bottle, and it'll grow. Yeah. Don't worry about it." And he could have followed it with, uh, "I've not been condescending." <laughs> That means talking down to you. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. Another good line I like, which I'm sure I heard as he hands one of the orchids out, is, I call it the hairy one. I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I did. Well, on the names of them, um, he uh, he's given one to like uh, their one of their friends. Yeah. Uh, it's a woman, and she's reading it on the other side, and out when she stood outside. And the wife comes over, Hermione comes over, and she goes, oh, you like your orchid? And, he, and she goes, yeah, I love the orchid. It's got a rude name. And, but she never goes into what it could be. It's like, kind of, she says it's in Latin. Okay, so I was thinking the, the obvious is, is biggest dickus. Okay, <laughs> yeah. but um, I was thinking about what it could be, and all I could think of was, was coccus, dickus, uh, and well, basically cock gags. <laughs> um, or cock gag? That sounds like a, a ooh, thing, ooh. a noun. Right now, as they're now Hermione and the woman are walking away from with the orchid in tow. Um, not the orchid isn't walking. Uh, the orchid like that'd be like day of the triffids, and that's <laughs> that would be a new adventure. It would. It'd be unexpected. Certainly unexpected, it? but not at eight minutes in, which no. is where we are. Hermione's got a nipple on. She hasn't. She. She's got like a sort of sheer silk jumpsuit, and uh, and you and with the, with the nipples on. Yeah, and I don't think she's. Going bare either, I think that that those nipples are poking through bra and the the other thing that she's wearing. I think we ought to move on. Okay, <laughs> right now then. Um, now what she's explaining here is is, is Hermione is that no, my ideal plan for this garden because now this is really setting a bit of of the location. It's a massive area yeah. of garden. Yeah, and she's saying. I don't want this potting... Because he only ever spends his time in this potting shed. I want rid of that, ideally. But beyond the tennis courts, I want uh, an out-of-view greenhouse. Okay? Now, there's a couple of reasons why this is happening, but the the main reason is is to show you that that it's quite opulent. They've got the tennis courts. It's quite a big area. The fact that he spends a lot of his time in his potting shed... It's it's re- it's a really lovely bit of scene setting, and that is great. It, it is it's because one thing to mention is, I've been sort of sick of the bad episodes, but this one, it's it's back to basics. There's some good acting, great script work, and some lovely setup points, and this is this is one of those. I mean, he also gives uh, the Sheena Eastern woman an orchid at this point, the one he's been the one he's been leering at. Yeah, the one the one he's been eyeing up. And she asks him if it's a rare one, and he says, oh, well, it's going to give me an opportunity to come round and see you. Oh. So, 
uh, the wife again appears in the background and she knows she's clocked it she understands and shortly after that interaction everybody's gone and they're tidying up tidying up covering stuff up there was a lot of covering stuff up in the 80s weren't there how much dust did they expect was it just a dustier time in the 80s it must have been perhaps someone was I don't think they had had Dyson's I imagine when you said the the Uber thing that that guy your mate that you called Uber (laughs) he'd just been round (laughs) anyway I'll tell you what here's here's some rude plant names Sticky Willy Stiff Cock (laughs) (laughs) and Nipple Word I like Naked Man Naked Man Orchid, you see that one? That was that's. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, he's got a willy out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's actually got a willy out. Anyway, you know what it reminds me? Sexy Lips is a brilliant one, isn't it? Anyway. uh, Look at Peter's pepper. They're so naughty, aren't they? Really are naughty. Anyway, it reminded me of... um, I mean, we've discussed this a few times, but nicknames for for people that we know and and stuff. And um, we used to have a... Well... Well, we used to call this guy Sausage Rollhead, and he had one of those um, bits of air in the back of his head that never... It was con- it was like a swirl, so we called him Sausage Rollhead. I think that's the reason why we call it. I can't imagine. But what I was going to say was, we used to... There was... I think I can name these people. M- Mr. Witherden and Miss Hopkin. Mr. Witherden. Mr. Witherden. <laughs> And Miss and Miss Hopkin, they ended up getting married together. They were both maths teachers. But oh, right. but Mister With, oh, I used to do impression of Mister Witherden, which was uh, get your books from the back of the room, out of here, and that. And uh, but we used to act out his name. So if you can imagine, uh, I'm going to do like a wither, yeah. act out a wither, and we used to go, what you know, what's your next lesson? And we go, uh, it's Mister Dunn. Right. Uh, do the wither and then say the word den and, and for Miss Hopkin of course it was and Miss Kin we'd right. do, do a hop so that was the uh, that oh. was the nicknames well we we had a, uh, a Sausage Roll Ed was a maths teacher oh no Sausage Roll t- right, Ed wasn't a maths teacher Sausage Roll Ed was the media studies teacher uh, we had a student who was called Mr Wacy and he I think was from Lancashire so he used to say, have a look in your boots. <laughs> yeah, of course he would, yeah, yeah. And we would say, OK, Mr. Wacy, pretending <laughs> to be the uh, Thunderburst. <laughs> OK, Mr. Wacy. <laughs> you, I suppose what you could, I suppose what you could do now is you would, or rather in the 90s, you would have been able to tie that in with um, a pun on Oasis. That would have been a... That would have been a... Anyway. Um, everybody leaves. Now, the wife is pissed, understandably, because she's just been humiliated. Yeah. And she, and her point is, look, you're, you're always at it. You're always prove, trying to prove that you can get the younger girls. Yeah. Because Sheena Easton is a younger girl. She said, trying to prove to me that you're... Trying to... Oh, that's it. Prove to me, Which yes. Which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, there... It's, she says, grow up. Now, he's being a dick. Now, what I did was I wrote dick in big words as well, because that's how much of a dick he's... I've circled it as well. So that's how much of a dick he was being. He's just a nasty bastard. And also, he, they've got one of these relationships, which is clearly a bit a bit for show, okay? Yeah, because yeah. Uh, I don't think she's 
he's probably the the reason why she's able to live in a house like this. So, you know, she's she's got a lot to lose if she decides to eventually divorce, but she clearly doesn't like this guy. Yeah. That, the, the love has gone. The love has gone. I think there's a song there. Yeah, there is. And, and that's when there's no point, is there really? You can't stay for money, can you? No, you have to just go and start again. Yeah. You know, you, but you have to be happy in life, right? Yeah. And Or you have to fight for it. Anyway, there you go. That was our... Uh, a bit of marriage guidance. Marriage there. guidance. And I had an idea. Ikea, marriage counsellor, um, dotted around. In Ikea? Have you heard the amount of arguments that are in Ikea? I've only ever been once. It frightened me. Yes, it's a terrible place. But I thought they could be uh, like little offices. Like I've noticed in um, pharmacies, they have consultation rooms. Yeah. That's, that's what a doctor's is, right? You have your words with your doctors and then you go to the pharmacy. Yeah. You won't want two sets of words. Not if somebody's going to... Well, I think what, what NHS are trying to do is convince us that we don't want to see doctors anymore. We could just see just pharmacists, because to... yeah, okay. it's probably cheaper. Right, fine. So, now, in this example here... Is um, this in Ikea? Yeah. Oh, yeah, in, in Ikea, yeah. you would be walking around, argument happens, quickly, in steps, guidance counsellor. You'd have to be really quick to get up at yeah. the bell. But you? you'd be watching them. Let's talk about this, OK? What do you want in the house? You want a coffee table, that's great, that's great. There's some lovely ones here. You don't need to make that purchase today. Have a think about it. You know, and those sorts of things. Just calm them down. Yeah. And actually, I think it'll work because they'll be that embarrassed to have the argument in front of somebody who's basically intruding in their space. One, marriage guidance counsellor will get complaints. So, I've not thought this through. Don't think so. I think, no. 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 Right, so the next scene then is um, after he's been a dick and they've started to clear up, is her packing bags and shoving him into the car. Turning the water off, generally doing the sort of stuff that you do. Yeah, now he's decided to uh, take up a task that I've never thought about before. What, this is gazing down the plug hole, isn't it? With a torch, looking down a plug hole. Do you not, do you not, before your audition? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, no, I mean, no. You, you just take a chance, do you? You do the blinds, turn the TV off, unplug stuff. Yeah. But I uh, everybody, didn't you? No. Well, on this occasion... OK, OK, that's what you do. That's what everybody does, <laughs> right? Uh, on this occasion, on his check, his routine check, he's found something, which is... A gold chain. And, of course, if you find a gold chain, the first thing you're going to do is... is call everybody to come and see it, right? Well, you see, I'm I'm not sure I would if I was him, because he is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a womanizer. Therefore... <laughs> a womanizer. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, it's possible, isn't it, that it might not belong to Hermione. So I might have kept quiet about it. Yeah. Now, this reminds me of a story that I don't think I've mentioned before in here. And... I'm, I'm in no way a womanizer, but what? And then that's clear from the ending of this story. <laughs> I was with my I was with my first wife, and uh, she, she was unpacking the wash basket, and found a pair of knickers that weren't hers in our bedroom, and went mental at me, saying, whose are these? You've had a woman round. And I had nothing to say. I couldn't (laughs) even come up with a plausible explanation. I had no idea. 
it turned out, bizarrely, that they were her mothers. <laughs> Not that I'd be that they were her mothers that had somehow found their way around to our house and into our wash basket. <laughs> but I remember this sort of a bit of anger and indignation at being accused like that and having no not having had the benefit of any misbehaviour. <laughs> And having absolutely no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> and that, that might be how he would have felt. Well, he didn't. He didn't. Because he's still insisting, come and have a look at it. She eventually, at this stage, you're also talking about how good this, this filming is. He's calling her, and it means that she has to walk through the house to get to him. And you see, again, some of the stately... I say stately, I don't mean that, but opulence. You know... Picture rails, you know, massive portraits, um, high a, ceilings, chandeliers. It's, it's a lot better of a posh house than Botty Ball's chintzy area, isn't it? Yeah, I think that was a studio. I think so. And the, the front of a pub, maybe, or something <laughs> like that. But, yeah, no, this is a proper, proper house, isn't proper it? House. Proper house. So she gets into there. They have a bit of an argument about whose this could be. And he's like, no, look, just have a look. And he, she does. She he goes with the, you know, with no, not with the torch. No. Have a look down the thing. Have a look down the plug hole. And as she's getting a closer look, bang, twat, he's got her on the head with the torch. Bonks her on the head, and then checks a pulse, injects her with something. Oh, and he's vigorous with his injection, isn't he? I know. Ooh, his hatred, isn't it? Again. <laughs> and I suppose in those days there's no CSI, is there? Because like he's leaving evidence all over the place. Well. They have those little uh, torches that detect semen and blood, don't they? Yeah. So even in them days, you'd have had it, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'd, but I was watching this thing about... Um, uh, well, it was a murder. It was a serial killer in Scotland in the 1960s, I think. And they were just... It, and the reports and everything, they were just saying that because they just couldn't... There was the forensic evidence... Sorry, the forensic investigation was just so... It was, well, they had nothing. They, yeah, they had nothing that they had to put a lot of, lot of it down to circumstantial evidence. So when it went to court, it got kind of like, nah, you're all right. But he eventually did get caught. But, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but he got thrown out a couple of times. But, but this is this will be one of those occasions where there was blood everywhere. Ah, wait, sorry. Mm-hmm. Eventually there's blood everywhere. Yeah, but yeah, really. he's, yeah. So let's just say that forensic evidence isn't going to show anything up. So yeah. that's part of his plan. Right. So now, he injects her with something. Injects her with something. Presumably kills her. Yeah, it would be a, yeah because he's knocked her out and now he has to give her the lethal dose. Yeah. Right. I notice although he hit her hard enough to knock her out, he didn't hit her hard enough to shatter the glass on the front of the torch. No, he didn't do that. And then um, he he kind of spoons her into the bath, just hoofs her into the bath, yeah. and then gets a bunch of supplies together and goes out to the potting shed thing. Yeah, to his, to his, yeah. I've been calling it his old greenhouse potting shed. Yes, well, it's the same thing, isn't it? I like the yeah because a greenhouse is mentioned later on. This isn't a greenhouse, so then um, and he starts taking the floor up. Yes, which is a, like a stone parquet sort of floor, isn't it? It's yeah. like which is, so there's a lot of work involved in that. Looks, it's nice. Yeah, there is a lot of work involved in it, and of course he's flying out this afternoon. Yeah, so he's he's really. I mean, he's got to go through concrete. Well. A, a type of cement. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking maybe the parquet's wood or something, but it comes up quite easy, that. It's stone because he twats it later on and you can oh, hear right. thunk, thunk, thunk of a, of a stone. 
So, but as you say, then he's got to dig down underneath that, and yeah. So he does that. And he goes through all the hardcore and stuff like that. But he saves the soil. Now, um, the, it cuts. Then it's uh, to the couple that uh, one of them had the rude orchid name. Mm. And this is the one whose husband, from a distance, looks very much like George Cole. Yeah, like the guy from Minder. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't look much like him, but. Yeah. Close up at all, really, but from a distance. In fact, we both thought he was George. Yeah, we were like, yeah, that's him. And then from another camera angle, de- oh, definitely wasn't. Yeah. And he even had the cigar like Cole would have done as a, in Minder. What was his name? Fowler. Arthur no, Fowler. No, that's in EastEnders. That. Right. What was Arthur that? Grim- uh, Grimsdale. Arthur Grimsdale. That yeah. Way, yeah. Um, it's not Arthur Grimsdale. No, it's not. That's Mr. Grimsdale with yeah. Charlie Drake. Or now we. We're pretty good with facts on this show, so let's <laughs> let's at least. What did George Daly? George Daly. Arthur Daly. Arthur Daly. Right. Okay. Now then, <laughs> they <laughs> half of it. <laughs> um, the couple that were uh, Arthur Daly and the woman, his wife. They you cut to their car, and the stop, and the, she's realised that she's left an earring in the house. Yeah. So they're deciding to. To come back. To come, come back and pick it up. Back to the potting shed. Now he's dug a hole. So a little bit further on in town. And And I think he, by now he started chopping Yes, he's yes. Chopping her up in the bath. Chopping up in the bath. And it's and quite gory for I think probably the goriest I've seen on, on this. I agree, and I made a note of this later on that that is is clear and de- deliberate to to just show how because it's un- actually killing somebody and burying them. It's it's not necessary to chop them up. So having this small hole means you have to chop them up. Yeah. And making that into putting them into plastic bags and stuff. It just re- it's a really I want to say nice because it's nice as part of the filming. It's not nice in the reality of it. Yeah. But as far as filming goes, it's like how he's dealing with it. As a matter of fact, it's great. It's a really great story. Anyway, uh, as he's walking through with some of the bags, yeah, um, you see the earring on the floor. So that is true. They have left the earring. Um, they come back. They come back. They're actually at the house now, and she starts ringing the doorbell. Yeah. And he's sort of looking a bit like Doctor Je- Doctor Mister Jekyll, like them Je- Jekyll and Hyde people. Yeah, he's got like blood up his sleeves and stuff like that. It's like it? a. Do you call them gurneys? No, it's like a trolley. No, do you call them? Scrubs, yeah. It's, it's like you see, he is a doctor. Isn't oh yeah. About it? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Of course, he would have access to that because yeah. he's got gloves on, uh, rubber gloves on, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, so he's interrupted doing what he's doing, and he checks. He doesn't answer the door, and then they leave. He's so, sort of appearing from all sorts of different places. Yeah. Isn't yeah. And then, as they leave, he goes right. I'm back at it now. He has a peer out of his potting shed. Yeah. He comes downstairs. They're ringing the doorbell. Yeah. She goes round the side of the house. Looks over the hedge top and he shuts the door quick before and then moves the shit. Yeah, so that happens there. Then, and I said there, it's a great bit of acting because it's embellishing the fact that he's got a body. It doesn't need to be on screen, but because it is, it's it's so deliberate. Is it, um, is, is, you're not meant to like it. You're not meant to think it's. You, it's, you can't like no, it. No, no. You're not meant to. There's something wrong with you if you liked yeah. that. Uh, yeah. He's he's bringing stuff down in a basket now. Yes, and he. And at the bottom, great bit, trips, uh, 
doesn't none of it falls out, but he has to hoof it together and stuff. It's again great acting, great Do you story. Think there's an indication that it's the head because it sort of moves a bit. I um, think that was it. I, I yeah. thought so. Yeah, and I think this again a bit later on. So now this and that bit there probably takes about two or three minutes because the next bit here is the couple aren't satisfied with this earring business. <laughs> so they what she says is, I want to go back and I want to write a note. Yeah, if there's a lot of things about this bit of scripting that aren't necessary because actually this comes to nothing. The the fact that he's interrupted, the fact that... Oh, God. That's somebody leaving a note about an earring. <laughs> the fact that he's interrupted, the fact that they decide to make a second journey back, it comes to nothing. Well, that's true. So, so anyway, but well, it's... by this time... But the music's, the music's got intense as well. He's mixed cement by now. Yes. Now, he must... I don't know... But much about cement, but it goes off fairly quick, so he must have mixed that in the meantime. Yeah, and he started relaying the floor. Yeah, he's yeah, he's clonking back the floor in place, and then so he has a he has a quick skulk because they come back. Yeah, and he looks. He they post the note, and he reads the note, but we don't know what's in that note, other than it insinuated. If you find, if you find me hearing, let me know. Yes, because I suppose they're going to be gone for nine months, and she must, must back for know. Christmas. Yeah, so. Anyway, burns the evidence. He, f- he sets everything on fire. Um, puts the stones back. We've said he reads the note. Yeah, we've said that. Uh, burns. Yeah, and then he cleans up his uh, hands and stuff like that as a shower. Yeah, cleans the inside of the shower. Not sure how the blood's got on there unless it's come off him. Unless... No, he's having a shower himself, isn't he? Yeah. So do you think it's? I just think it's on the end. Yeah. Then he's a flight to LA. Yeah, and then he's on his plane to La La Land. Hollywood, that's where the times are amazing, Hollywood. I don't know any more of that one. I got it wrong a bit, that joke. <laughs> he arrives in America, and he's in a hotel room. And you can tell he's in America because there's a lot of honking of horns yeah. outside the window. And it? neon lights from his, <laughs> yeah, so he's definitely in America. Um, that's what it's like over there. Yeah, it's always in there. Now... Uh, he's typing out a letter on the hotel typewriter, <laughs> the hotel room typewriter that was always in the hotel room, and he's he's reading it out in his head as he's writing it. it I hadn't written it down, but it's something like, "We're, we're having a great time. We're having a great time. We're both here. Definitely both here. Yeah. Don't, don't ever think that there's only just one." <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, he signs it, Hermione. He's got her passport. Yeah, so he forges her signature. He uses the passport to forge her signature. And then, I'll deal with that later. Kind of like he pops his hand. Now, the, he then goes to the toilet to get rid of the... Um, the thing that he's practised a signature. The, the signature, that, yeah. That chucks that. So, again, destroying all evidence. He's thought of everything, Rob. Ooh. Then uh, a phone call. He picks some roses up from the bathroom. Sorry, yes, that's now, right. What, yeah. what's, so, what's this? So after he's flushed, then he then you see him pick up some roses out of the. So the, I'm thinking, woman, is it is, is yeah, he's going to meet a woman. Um, you guess because he starts to straighten his self together and stuff. Right. He he the phone rings or does he ring? Someone rings. So somebody rings him. Yeah. And it's a woman called. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. She's called. Um. I didn't write it down. Right. The phone rings, and it's a woman. It's a woman. 
Uh, and, and do we think it's the woman that's in the photograph at the side of the bed? The thing is, we can't decide who is in the photograph at the side of the it's bed. It's definitely not Hermione. But I thought it looked like Pamela Stevenson. It looked like it. I who thought, has appeared in this yeah. sort of thing before. So it could have been that. I thought it was Britt Eklund, who, who would have been in The Man with the Golden Gun by this stage, and was also just you know hot at that stage. But she had longer hair, didn't she? Yeah. Britt Eklund didn't have long hair. And also, the um, person who's on the phone sounds sort of vaguely American. Yeah, so let's we say... You could put her in Pamela Stevenson. Yeah, let's, let's go with Pam. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, so he's on the phone to this woman, Pam, and... It goes, guess what? She's left me. <laughs> yeah, no, it happened all in, quite... In the style of a TV game host. Yeah, it was, yeah. Welcome to <laughs> She's Left Me. Um, Tonight, our two teams on She's Left Me. Um, and all with a single person going home tonight. Yeah, I imagine that Anne and Deck would host that show annoyingly. Because they're on fucking they everything. Shows annoyingly, don't Do you know... Them two. There's no more annoying. You know, I've always been a big Ant and Deck fan, right? But this time round with the takeaway thing, I'm starting to think that they believe in their own press. And it's now just, it's enough for us to be seen Do touching the plebs. And yeah. uh, that'll mean a show in itself. I absolutely agree. See, I've not been a big Ant and Deck fan since Biker Grove. I, I think it's just... Biker Grove? Yeah, I think it's ludicrous that they've become who they are. Really? I, because they're clearly good at presenting. Yeah. Okay? The problem is, they fucking know it. Mm. And it's not nice. I don't like Philip Schofield on game shows, because it's like he knows too much. It's like, get Philip Schofield in that cube, it'd do, it'd, it'd do shite, it'd do as shite as everybody else does, but he's going, oh, you wanted, you wanted to think about that. This one, this one on average takes four lives. You've just won £10,000. And it's really fucking annoying. Have you seen his ring? He does his... Uh... The ring, yeah, play it. Yeah? Yeah. We, you, there's an app, oh, so right. you can guess oh, the right. rings. See, that, but that's quite good, isn't it? I like that. I like, the get, I like the idea of the game. Again, Philip Schofield, this one, taking a little bit of a back seat, but when he's in charge of those things. But Ant and Deck, this time. And also, those people on that show, when they get... Did you see the ones where they try to win a trip to Walt Disney World? That's every week, isn't it? Right, that every week one one. Then they go. Right. They um, it cuts to the audience. Yeah. Yep. Right. If you're in that audience and you're sat on the aisle seat, yeah, in the centre aisle thing, yeah, you know that why you're there on that show. There's don't fair, tell me. Fair <laughs> don't tell me. You're, if Michelle says we're going to Out and Deck. Right, okay, sit down, we're sitting here, these are seats. I'd be going, fucking hell, what have I won? What have I won? Who am I meeting? Okay, they know. They know. And that's the problem with that show. It's not random. Well, it's, I, it's so structured, it's annoying. I wonder this about when they sort of cut to people in their house and they're being... They know! Because if something suddenly appeared under the telly, <laughs> you'd be looking at it, what's that? What's that I'd, film crew? I'd say, hell, yeah. what's that strange box on the telly? Look? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. there must be something there. Of course there's something there. It's a camera. <laughs> anyway, it's just annoying. But he's on the phone. I'll tell you who's worse. Stephen Mulhern, he's like out in deck light. Yeah, we've said this, you and I have said this before, is I actually feel sorry for him because he's just trying to do his job. But he'll... He's trying to be he's trying to be out and deck. Yeah, but he's been put into that situation. He shouldn't be doing stuff like this. Exactly. He should have he's more self-respect. Spe- sp- sp- yeah, self-recocking spec. <laughs> now, um, 
I hope you're not listening, Stephen. I, I do like him. Yeah, no, Stephen's... It's not his fault. That's do, the thing. I do like him on catchphrase. Yeah, it's not... It's Yeah. But he does. He has his little rhymes, doesn't he? He's uh, like, will, will the middle solve, solve the riddle? riddle? Will the edge give you the edge? No, no that's not one of them. It, no. Will the top open up what's in the picture at the top? <laughs> <laughs> I think he ought to stick with middle one. Just the middle. No, he does the... It does not he doesn't. I only know that one. No, he definitely does more. Anyway, maybe I'll update them. What are the famous ones? It's good, but it's not right. Okay. It's like this kind of like, say what you see. That's the first one. It? Say what you see. It's a man with, is uh, in a fishing boat and he's, it, it looks like a hat. Fishing boat hat. Right! <laughs> also, what is like on catchphrase? They go, uh, and it's like a matchstick and they go, matchstick men. What's the catchphrase? What, who's yeah. that catchphrase? Yeah, the, the, oh, I'm apoplectic. Well, I mean, we have to stay on Mullen's good side, don't we? Because we, do, we yeah. want to see you in a fortnight to be. Yeah. For now, though, we're dealing he with. Could, he could do that, couldn't he? He could yeah. do that for us. <laughs> he could if do you're that. listening, do us a voiceover. <laughs> yeah, he will. He, I like Mullen. Yeah. He's a good bloke, isn't he? I've always yeah. said that about him. But he's a. Uh, it's not his fault, that's all I've, I've always said about him. But um, anyway, so he's um, currently in the latest episode of She's Left Me <laughs> and is um, discussing meeting up. He's discussing where he's been in America, New York. He's been all over, hasn't he? LA, Chicago. Yeah, and he's supposed to be working, isn't he? Yeah, but he's, it looks like he's just been living it up. Looks like it. Yeah. With, and, with his typewriter. Yeah, but he's still indicating that he's going to be back. Now, is. As he's on the phone, there's a knock at the hotel door. In walks room service. Very strange-looking room service, man. Yeah, he looks like he's got a bigger part to play in this, but never it never really formulates. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, like he's oh, this guy's going to come in and deliver some news. Yeah, or he, or he could be an assassin or something. Yeah, like but that, he, but yeah, he's. I mean, he must have loved that. Uh, honey, I'm on uh, Tales the Unexpected tonight, yeah. and then it. She walks in and walks out. And did you see? They've got it on VHS now. Still, still watch it back. Bless him. I've always liked that man. And um, a bit like Stephen Mulhern. Yeah, I could compare that man to Mulhern, to James Carpenter's Ant and or Deck. Now, <laughs> then, on the room service tray that's been brought in, there's uh, an envelope. An envelope. It's a big, fair size envelope, isn't it? He opens it up as he's still talking, and then he goes, "Hang on a minute, hang on a minute." And the woman's on the phone. Still kind of yabbering on in the background, but he's going, wait, we just, wait, 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 one minute, I'm just going to read this. And he reads it, and it turns, and, and it, as he, there's lots of paperwork that falls out, and they look like plans, like Home Alone style schematics. Greenhouse plans, they look like. Sp- yeah, specifically greenhouse plans, and building work. Yeah. And then a note accompanies all those plans with what's been agreed. So what has been agreed? That they're going to... Construct a new green. They, house. who's they? The builders. These yeah, people who've sent. Because they've addressed it to the madame, haven't they? Yes, they have, but it's been forwarded on, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. But what they're going to do is take down the existing greenhouse, take up the floor, take up the uh, foundations. foundations. So they're going to see the body, right? Yeah. Have you wondered, though, why they're doing that? Well, they don't need to, but... I'll tell you why they don't need to do it, because where she's wanting it building is the other side of the tennis court. So all they need to do is flatten the potting shed yeah. and just make a 
well, an area of yeah, flatting, I'm, but flattering. I'm, but I'm picking nits here. Yeah, it's so a nit. Not, not fair. It's though. a nit that's been picked, and it isn't fair because this is a cracker, this one. <laughs> As he's reading out the later stages of the damning evidence, it then cuts to the work that's actually started. And they've got the parquet floor. There's a man with a pickaxe belting the, the floor. Cement. And it's, it's going to be only seconds before that body is discovered. And then yeah. it cuts back to James, who's on the bed, woman on the phone going... You can hear it in the background, that comedy sort of... And is like, ah, oh, fucked, I've been rumbled. Rumbled by the rubble. Let's get ready to rubble. <laughs> right. So, well, said it once, said it again. That's back to... Cracking standard. Top top standard. Yeah. Uh, not didn't foresee it. Proper twist. Yeah. Proper twist. Just just good acting. Just good setups. Good. I'm li- still struggling with. Let's get ready to rubble. It. <laughs> it's still making me laugh. <laughs> um. You know what? I just hope that uh, <laughs> the last couple of this series are going to be on that par. So, without any further ado. What are those? What is the next fortnight's episode? The next fortnight's episode is the orderly world of Mr. Appleby. Long title, that I'm not going to be able to say that. <laughs> so can we shorten it? Well, it's apples. Appleby's junk shop, we could call it. Right. Okay. So it's about apples. It, it, oh apples, no, it's not about it's apples. Apples in his junk shop. I'll just make a note of that. Okay. And uh, he repeatedly marries wealthy women. Uh, oh right. You're not going to give us any more. I thought you would. Oh, not, why would you? I'm not going to. It's all for next time. Yeah, for next right. fortnight's next time. Next fortnight's time. Right. And on that note, that's it. We're out. We're gonna. Uh, we'll leave it here. We'll come back in a fortnight's time with that episode. For now, she's left me. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. I like the fact we both waved then. <laughs> Well, I noticed I do, I do sort of faces and stuff like that when we do it. Kiss it's a natural person. <laughs> <laughs>